Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous Division for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, May 20th, 2015. Today we are reading from the Big Book, Chapter 6, and we are at page 84, paragraph 2. Today's readers are Michelle H., Deb W., and Rachel N. M. The reference number for yesterday, Tuesday, May 19th, is 7652. That's 7652. OA Preamble. O Readers Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Ellen B. to read the 12 steps. Uh, I'm Ellen B., compulsive overeater from Maryland, Um, the 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. I will now ask Deanna B. to read the 12 traditions. Thank you. This is Deanna B. from Chicago. Uh, 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, 
Each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsible reader who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinions on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Deanna. How our meeting works? Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive of readers only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once we are done sharing, let us know. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 84, paragraph 2. I will ask Michelle H. to begin reading. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Vision for You. Michelle H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Missouri. This thought brings us to step 10, which suggests we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. We vigorously commenced this way of living as we cleaned up the past. We have entered the world of the spirit. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. This is not an overnight matter. It could, should continue for our lifetime. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. And, um, you know, this, this paragraph starts out by saying this thought brings us to step 10. And the thought was um, the, the sentence right before it that says that these 
promises, the spiritual way of life, will always materialize if we work for them. You know, I'm um, I'm practicing these um, these steps and working for these principles through the practice of these steps um, to become spiritually fit. Um, I was, um, you know, thought that I had a problem with food, but I had a problem with selfishness and being self-centered. And these steps have helped me, especially the action steps four through nine that they're describing as a step ten, you know, as a spot check um, often referred to. But it's a way of living now. When things crop up, I I, um, I sense it now. I'm I'm um, I'm aware of it. I'm not sleepwalking through life like I was before. But um, now, you know, I've entered the world of the spirit. I'm connected with this infinite power which knows no limits um, where I'm going to, if I stay connected with this infinite power through the practice of these steps, I'm going to continue, you know, to grow. This is a process of ever-growing, ever-increasing. As this paragraph says, it doesn't end. It continues for a lifetime. And, um, you know, in the beginning when um, going through these steps and, being recovered for a year or two, I, I had this um, this notion. It was a false notion, a false belief that that these um, character defects of being, you know, self-centered, the dishonesty, the fear, the resentment, would just, you know, magically disappear, and they wouldn't they wouldn't exist anymore. I would just be living completely on this spiritual plane, and um, and now I understand what it means that I will never rise above the human condition. Because, um, you know, my self-will, my will is broken. It's always going to default to thinking about me. But now I'm aware of it um, when these symptoms that I experience um, of, um, you know, talk about the spiritual axiom, if I spot it, I got it. So if I'm seeing, if I'm annoyed or irritated, then I can pause and I can and look and reflect and see what's going on with me. That's the question that I ask now. And I'm, I'm, I look and say, well, where am I being selfish, dishonest, resentful? Where is there fear? Um, what's going on with me? And I do turn to God and ask for His help, this power that's that's um, unlimited to help to remove them, because I'm powerless to remove them. And so it gives me more directions here on, you know, what you know what um, directions to follow. Discuss it with someone else who's who's recovered, um, who can help me to see. Um, this isn't a journey I take alone. Help me to see and and then to discern. Did I did I cause any harm? Do I need to make amends? And um, and most importantly, turn my thoughts to thinking of someone else, um, you know, and turning it to God, um, that power that's greater than me for help, and then how can I be of service to another person, usually back into selfishness and self-centeredness, and so I'm becoming self-absorbed and self-preoccupied even in that. And so how can I, how can I be of service to someone else? And so it is a process that continues um, to help me to see that I am responsible for my feelings, my perceptions, my beliefs, my behavior, and um, this helps me to become spiritually fit. I am responsible for for my actions, my behavior, and um, where am I becoming selfish? Where am I again? Where is this maybe cropping up for me? And here is here's the directions again. I'm going to continue to take this personal inventory. Continue self-discovery, continue to become more effective, uh, more understanding. That is the goal. That is the aim. Uh, Thank you. I pass. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Sarah W. Reva P. 
Okay. Charles have, H. from New York. Okay. I have Sarah Melissa W. A. Okay. Let me just write those down real quick. Sarah W., Kim G., uh, Reba P., is that who that was? I only wrote a letter. Um, Kim G., Charles H., and Melissa C. Let's go with those five, and then we'll uh, ask again. Okay? Uh, Sarah W., go ahead, please. Good morning, Katie. Thank you so much for your service. Good morning, everyone. Sarah W., grateful, recovered, compulsive reader. And I do say grateful. Um, it's really a wonderful, wonderful paragraph. I wish I had paid more attention to it back 20 years ago. Um, I went through the steps with a sponsor that was very big book oriented, and somehow this was kind of left in the dust. Um, not a good thing for me. Uh, went into relapse uh, pretty badly. Um, you know, I um, about 13 years ago, 14 years ago, um, actually, 14 and a half years ago, I met my husband on a, um, a recovery chat site, and that's how I ended up in Iowa from Phoenix, and I had gotten sober and, and abstinent in, in Phoenix, and I was really doing well in the program, a little too well, um, and, you know, the ego got uh, pretty inflated, and I did really not understand how to do these 10 steps. Uh, what I have found is, for me, these little spot check inventory, which is what this is all about, um, when I get either restless, irritable, and discontent, or something just doesn't seem right, I need to address it right away. Um, you know, I ended up gaining over 100 pounds, and worse than that, my behaviors and my craziness was worse than ever. It is a progressive disease. And I think the thing that I, I realized today is, at times I don't want to do it. I'm a little uncomfortable because some kind of behavior um, doesn't look right. You know, I'm kind of a little bit ashamed, don't like the way I'm acting or don't like the way I'm feeling, but I have to do it anyway because this is, you know, we don't get so heavenly minded that we can't be humanly good. And the idea that somehow I have to be perfect is in the back of my mind and feeling like you're going to judge me. But the reality is that this is the way I kind of stay in check if I really want to be useful to my higher power um, and useful to others and, and be on this earth and have some sort of a purpose and a, and a sense of, of belonging and also just a sense of, of goodness, really of goodness. Um, you know, I have to take ownership that I am imperfect. And it, it's so important. And um, it is about perseverance and continuing on. Um, and in the end, everybody that I do it with, um, that I do a 10-step with, is so encouraging. And I get to see where I can make right the wrong or where I can change my attitude to do a true turnaround in how I see what it is. Um, you know, I, I just can't, you know, the selfishness and self-centeredness is addressed in this so beautifully because we are to go out and to do something right for somebody else, whether it be in, in the program or to do something right in our home, uh, to just um, to get out of ourself. And I'm so grateful for it today. And I will continue on, uh, I pray, uh, with God's help, and I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah W. Kim G., your turn. 
Good morning, Katie. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. I'm going to zone in on this sentence. We vigorously commenced this way of living as we cleaned up the past. You know, something that always perks my ears when I'm talking to someone, and I said, well, where are you in the steps? And they go, oh, I did that three years ago. Or, yeah, I've done it three times. Because it makes it sound like it's in the past. You know, we're being told now we have to vigorously commence this way of living. This has to be a part of our DNA now. You know, I think to myself, of, you know, me personally, I went to nursing school for three years in college and fell out, and that was in the 80s. And my mother still says to me once in a while, well, Kim, you're a nurse. Can you help me with this? And I'm like, Mom, first of all, I didn't finish nursing school. It was 20 years ago. Yet that, I often have pe- see people, and I had that myself in a way. Well, yeah, I did those steps four years ago. I did them five years ago, and it's, it, that, that was enough. That was enough. But we're being told here we have to now vigorously commence this way of living. We're going to take this skill set we learned in 4 through 9. The simple way I look at it, in 4 through 9, we learn this skill set, and we have the luxury of looking at the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years of our life to learn this skill set. But then in step 10, the jerk is right in front of us. What do we do now? What do we do now? And then in step 11, we get to look at the world in 24-hour chunks. We get to apply four through nine at night, and we review our day, and we ask for corrective measures. And in the morning, we almost do a proactive four through nine, asking God to set the tone for the day. So I kind of, again, let's use this for nursing. We go through four years in nursing school, we get that degree, but what if we never go in the hospital? Do we really feel like a nurse if we've just gotten a degree, but we've never worked in the hospital? And just because you're a nurse, you have to take continuing education. You're going to have to keep expanding your skills because healthcare and nursing is going to expand. It's the same exact premise when it comes to, comes to these steps. And I'm going to also say that some of the misnomers or some of the, things that the prejudices I had to look at with what I thought these steps were was, number one, that 10, 11, and 12 was the maintenance steps. I'm not maintaining. I'm growing. I am growing on a daily basis by working these steps. Another one was I thought you had to finish step nine before you started step 10. And this sentence is saying we vigorously commence this way of living as we clean up the past. Life isn't going to stop because we get, we're doing our nine. We have to start engaging this skill set. And the last was this whole idea of an educational variety, which I personally use as a way to say, well, I, I can do the steps really slow. I'm doing this slowly. I'm easing into this. The way that I see this material now is I have to get through these steps quickly because I need neutrality around the food or I'm going to pick up. And then as I live in 10, 11, and 12, that's when the growth happens. That's my educational variety. The spiritual experience I had four years ago is very different than the spiritual experience I've had today. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Leva P., you're up. You know, good morning. With, okay, good. good yeah, thank you. Good morning. This is Reva P., a recovering compulsive overeater in Toronto. Um, wow, this step um, knows who I am as an addict. For me, I like short-term quick fix. Give me something quick. Give me a short-term project. Give me a challenge. I'm right there. I'll do it. I'll finish it. See, look what I accomplished. Give me the degree and I'm gone. What this step reminds me or tells me is 
I have to continue. How many times is the word continue written in this paragraph? Because I don't finish. I don't get a degree. When I first came into OA, I thought I was going to do a six-month program, get my diploma, and be fixed so I could get on with my life. And what this step reminds me is we have just entered. I'm just beginning. I thought I was finished when really life and this new way of living and growth was just beginning. Um, and that was, um, that was difficult. This is much more difficult to do the daily, do things, repetition, perseverance, day in and day out. I want something quick, easy, and finished. So for me, this step is hugely important. Um, and as was said previously, I'm growing one day at a time, and it's not an overnight matter. They're stressing this is not going to be a quick fix. It's a long-term, lifelong process, um, and every day I need to do um, it's sort of like a miniature version of four through nine. Um, and I always um, compare myself to somebody, like I have a 24-hour battery, and every night when I go to bed, you know, that I have to wake up and recharge that battery. I have to do the do things every 24 hours. I can't say I did it yesterday and I'm going to last, you know, the next week I'm good to go. It's just a 24-hour reprieve, um, which is written on the next page. So I'm so grateful for the divine inspiration of this book. Who The people who wrote it, they know. They know what it's like because they, they were that way themselves. And... Um, yeah, for me, the, the persisting with something is way harder than rushing to the goal. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Reva. Charles H., you're up. Good morning. Thank you for your service. This is Charles H., recovered visionary just for today, calling from Yonkers, New York. Can you hear me good? Yes, perfect. Thank you kindly. Um, so this thought brought us to step 10. Um, yeah, continue was in this paragraph at least four times. So the big book is definitely trying to tell me to continue. You know, you pick, if I picked up yesterday, continue. If I had a great day, continue. If I, if I, if I, if I created 10 resentments, continue. If I, if, if I were, if I thought I was perfect yesterday, continue. You know, I think Bill W., I call him a genius. I call him a prophet, him in the hundreds. The first hundred, you know, because if I look on, I know we're on page eighty-four, but it has it's going it's going it's going to tie into the to the share. If I look on eighty-six, where it says when we retire at night, that is step eleven. However, that for me that's step ten. And then the key to it is, you know what? I could I I didn't want to answer what could I have done better? What could I put in the stream of life? You know what? I could be better because I'm not the creator. I'm something that the creator created, and the creator did not create no junk. So um, he's a genius, man. And for me, it says, you know, we pray. We ask, right? We ask. We ask what we could have done better. You know, I don't know about you. I don't know about y'all perfect folk. I might, be in the wrong, I might be in the wrong place if there's a whole bunch of perfect folk on here. But I know I ain't perfect, and I know the 10th step for me is check yourself before you wreck yourself. You know, 
I'm not there all the time. Some like spot checks inventories are great, but sometimes I want to sit in, I want to stew in the mess for a little while until I retire at night. Until before I retire at night, you know, a, a, a spot check inventory is great, you know, and we we grow into this, we com- commence, which means we begin this type this type of life, you know. We're gonna grow into understanding. Um, this is not an overnight matter. This is a continuing thing for the rest of my life, one day at a time. So, you know, I'll tell you this. Um, you know, I picked up, you know, I've done the steps. Yeah, I've done the steps. No. Am I living the steps today? Because, you know, doing the steps, and, you know, I could tell you this. You know, I had some resentments that I put on the back burner and guarantee them things come back up. They prop up again. It says in that paragraph, when they prop up, we ask God or whoever your higher power is. They, they done, they, I put them to the side. I thought there was many resentments. Ain't no such thing as a mini resentment. I put it to the side. It propped up again. It wears ugly head. And then it backed me into a corner where, you know what, binge foods look good. So that's why I need to continue every single day, no matter what. If I pick up, continue. If I don't pick up, continue. Somebody die, pick up. I mean, continue. Um, if, if they don't die, continue. Somebody gets sick, no matter what, continue. That's what this paragraph is telling me, and I will continue today, just for today. And with that, I pass. Thanks for allowing me to share. Thank you, Charles. Melissa C., you're up. Hi. Good morning. This is Melissa C., a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. And, um, you know, I... I was a a Weight Watchers junkie, and so my, for years, everything was about getting to a goal. And, um, you know, you get to the goal, and then you get to be this lifetime member, and you can eat what you want again, but come back once a month, you know, to to make sure that you're on track. And and that that is certainly not how I can live in recovery. That is like the opposite from um, working my program. And thank God that never worked for me, you know. Thank God that failed me miserably. And, um, you know, and so when I first came to OA or came again and again to OA, weight loss was always my goal. That was always my focus. I really believed that my problem was weight and food. And it wasn't until, um, you know, that illusion was stripped away, that it wasn't the weight and it wasn't the food. That was just what I was wearing on the outside, that's just what I was turning to, but it was my thinking that was really broken. And, um, you know, and and so when I come to this point in the steps, so grateful that, you know, the weight, um, grateful that the weight got bad enough that I was willing enough to do anything, and grateful that it took time to come off because it kept me teachable. It kept me really open to the message because I felt the physical desperation. And so um, this person, Melissa C., takes time to learn. And and so that my higher power gave me that gift of time. Um, and, you know, and this tells me, you know, that step 10, um, I'm, I'm imperfect. And the best thing is that, you know, working up through this step, I've, cleared away a lot of the old junk, you know, and I think about, like, when I clean up the house, um, I have to keep it clean. I can't, you know, let the crap accumulate and think I'm just going to straighten it up again at the end of the month. It's got to be daily, and so 
this, you know, this work is a daily uh, job for me. And, you know, and with having abstinence and working the steps, I don't live in denial anymore. You know, I used to live in a world of denial. I didn't see the problems around me until it was all that I could see. And, you know, now having this relationship with my higher power, working with sponsors and sponsees, I don't let stuff accumulate. I don't live in denial anymore. And so when problems pop up, because life is imperfect, so am I, I have a tool set. I have a way of of dealing with all of these things. I first turn it over to my higher power. I share it with another person. I have to, I have to name it. I have to say it. And then I find somebody to help. Um, and that's just, you know, that's really talk about the release of the ego. Um, and uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you. Who else would like to share on this? Renata. Rachel W. Sharon H. Colorado. Vasa O. Leah. Sally. Okay, let's just stop there. Um, Okay. I have Renata, uh, Rachel, Vasa O, Sharon H, Leah M, and Sally A. Renata, if you could please go. Thank you. Thank you, Katie, for your service. Uh, Good morning, everyone. Um, This is Renata G, Recovered Composable Read in New York. What Step 10 means to me is that same thing that I've learned in We Agnostics, where it says to be doomed to an alcoholic death or to live on spiritual basis. You know, these are my only two choices, always. And so, you know, Step 10 for me... um, it gives me that ease and comfort that I used to get from the food. You know, uh, I'm an addict, so I don't like to feel uncomfortable. I can't stand being uncomfortable. So when I feel restless, urban discontent, or, you know, resentful, fearful, I need to get rid of it. And, you know, my answer before was going to the food, that instant numbing out. And now, you know, instead of doing that, I have this, like it says in the book, this new way of living. And uh, I can do a step 10 with a fellow and follow the the precise directions that the book's giving me here, you know. I ask God to remove it from me. I share with someone else. I, you know, turn my attention to, uh, I make amends if I haven't done one and turn my attention to someone else that can, can help. And then it's lifted. You know, and the other thing is, you know, continue to clean up, right? Continue to um, uh, to, to correct any new wrongs. Uh, so, you know, when I started listening to A Vision for You and I heard all these recovered people on the line, I used to think they were all perfect and their, life, their lives are wonderful and nothing wrong ever happens and they're saints. And that's not true, you know, but the thing is, they don't live in misery anymore. I don't live in misery anymore. And I can come on the line and share about the solution because I'm not carrying around all the crap that happens to me every single day. You know, I'm cleaning it up as it happens with a step 10. You know, and a lot of people share that sometimes, you know, they do, they send the step 10 uh, over email to their sponsor. 
in the evening, and uh, that's not what the book says. The book says, you know, as we go through, you know, as things happen, we clean up. And uh, that's all I want to share. Thank you. Thank you, Renata. Rachel, you're up. Rachel, please press star one to unmute. Hi, good morning. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Thank you. Hi, good morning. Um, This is Rachel W. in New York, and I just wanted to um, share a milestone with with the meeting that today is my my six months of abstinence. And, um, um, you know, the way this happened for me was was continuing and – you know, continuing to to do this program, continuing to to uh, to take that inventory, and I came into vision about about a year and a half ago, and not really, you know, after relapse and feeling like I was really just not having much to offer at all. And about um, six months ago, before that, um, I actually started yoga at the same time that I, I became abstinent, and my instructor asked me, um, you know, what are my greatest challenges? And at the time, I gave her a whole list of probably very similar things that everybody here on the line is, is facing. Um, but to me, you know, the big, big stuff. And, and, um, and uh, I, I, I gave her the list. And just recently, a couple weeks ago, she asked me the same thing. And she said, you know, what are your challenges? What are you dealing with? And without missing a beat, I said, there's one thing I'm dealing with, and that's my thoughts. And that's what this program has done for me. And that's what this continuing of taking the personal inventory has done for me. It's made me recognize and realize that my greatest asset and liability are my thoughts. And the world can happen, you know, things happen in life, but it's, it's based on how am I thinking, what am I doing, having that spot check every so often just to see am I living in fear, what, what is the, you know, get, getting deeper into how I'm thinking. It literally has changed my life. And I owe such a gratitude to everyone on this line that you're here, you know, every morning that I can check in um, you help to pull me out, you know, of, of this relapse. And anyone who has the hell, knows the hell of relapse can, can maybe relate to this, but it's, it's a huge monumental mm-hmm. effort. I just want to end off by saying that, um, you know, we have a, a, we have a swimming pool, and my husband's very ambitious, and he wants to change the, the liner all by himself. So he went in there the other day, and he had to spray the walls, and suddenly I get this phone call, and he says he's, he's stuck in the pool because he's uh, – He's uh, he can't he's he's slipping you know on the sides of the pool he can't like walk out of the pool so I go outside and um and there he is at the bottom of the pool so I, I go on the ground and I and I hand him a pole with a brush at the end and he grabs onto it and he's slipping and slipping he can't get up he just can't get up that that ramp you know that from the deep end so I'm I'm like well maybe you know what I think at this point maybe what if you just get on your hands and knees and he did and he got out so quickly and. To me, you know, I live in this program, so of course the metaphor was not lost. And I said to myself, you know what, sometimes you just have to get on your hands and knees and out of nothing and complete nothingless, the most amazing um, life can be reborn. And, and it's all from um, continuing and, and never stopping. And it never stops. And I, I'm really grateful. So thank you for, for allowing me to share. Thank you, Rachel. Um, Vasa O, oh, you're up. Yes, thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Katie, for your service. And I am Vasa O, Recover Compulsive Overeater, calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And I thank God every single day for bringing me into um, 
the program away, bringing me to the big book. And I thank God all the time for putting the people in my life that were there, especially at the beginning, to encourage me. And uh, again, and then we come to step 10. For me, step 10 is a continual uh, process. There's no graduation from this program. And you know what? And I love it. I never get bored with it. I am just so grateful. God has done so many changes in my life that I couldn't do for myself. And again, at the beginning, my motivation was, I don't want to eat. I don't want to go back to the food addiction. And I will go to any length, like it says, the alcoholic, so they don't drink. And I've gone to any length. And I will still go to any length. I mean, that was just the beginning for me. What a gift, you know, to get the abstinence from God and the other gifts that materialized that we just read in the, process, in the promises before, this, before the step 10. But anyways, I remember beating myself up because I was not a student. You know, I was not a college graduate. And you know what? I could have 10 degrees. I would have never, never learned what I have learned here, what my higher power has shown me in the steps, you know. And I do a daily inventory as I go along during the day. Most of it, it's really conscious conscious as I go along the day, you know. How do I react with people, you know, and what do I say, what I need to say. And I don't do this perfectly, just we have uh uh, this is not overnight matter. We should continue for our lifetime. And this is a lifetime for me till I'm dead. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. And this is what I do. It becomes, it's a pattern. It comes, it comes so naturally in my life. If I wrong somebody, if, you know, God convicts me. You know, I, I, I get the winners right away. Or if I start getting, I don't even get resentful anymore. I could get angry, but before it turns to resentment, I could do something about it. I can write about it. I can talk to my sponsor about it. I can go to the person and talk to that person about it. The fear of people is removed, you know. So I'm just so grateful to be here with all of you and to walk the walk with the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. And Sharon H., you're up. Thank you, Kate. Can you hear me okay? Yes, we can. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Thank you for your service. Hello to everyone on the line. This is Sharon H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. So here we are at step 10, and what I love is that uh, we break everything down, and I still write notes because I I uh, need to do that so that I follow the directions that I'm given and not go off on my own little bunny trail. So it says step 10, we have now entered the world of the spirit. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. This is not an overnight matter. It should continue for a lifetime 
and uh, continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. So those four things that I had to look at to clean up the past when I did steps four through nine. And then when these do crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss uh, with someone and then make amends quickly when we've harmed anyone. And then we resolutely, and I looked that up, the word resolutely, it says firmly determined in purpose to turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. And I'm just so grateful um, that today, um, by God's grace and mercy, I do choose to live my life on of step 10. Uh, part of my problem in the past was I got real complacent and didn't really live my life in steps 10, 11, and 12, and so I did not grow in understanding and effectiveness. And today I know that this is a, uh, my daily reprieve and I must continue to do these things and uh, because they still crop up. And um, that's that's God's grace. I heard something yesterday, and it just hit me so strongly. Uh, someone shared about the two things necessary to recover, completely change all your attitudes and ideas, and that's what I had to do in the first steps uh, of this program, one through nine, and then totally surrender to God's direction and guidance to seek and obey his will for me now on a daily basis. And... Um, you know, it's not easy, but it's it's a simple way, and, and I'm learning, learning, learning. Just follow the directions in this book, and I begin to see the miracles take place, those promises. Uh, I stand on those promises regardless of what I'm feeling in the moment, and I am just so grateful to the Vision for You phone line meeting because... Um, First of all, I was believing a lie that I really did not have a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. That's how uh, distorted my thinking was when it came to this addiction. So I'm just so grateful to be here today and be a part of um, this meeting and learning and practicing what I need to practice as a result of following these directions on a daily basis. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Katie. Thank you, Sharon. Leah M., you're up. Thanks so much, Katie. Hi, everybody. It's Leah M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Uh, this thought brings us to step 10, which suggests we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. Uh, you know, the quality of my life is up to me, and step 10 uh, is the way to, um, you know, live my life. It's a lifetime occupation of evaluating and correcting my attitudes and my behavior. So, you know, as we have studied in this paragraph, you know, it captures, step 10 basically captures the four through nine process and it allows me to identify and remove those uh, spiritual pests, that sludge that's produced by self-will and, you know, I'm so grateful for this because the key thing here, like any other illness, is early detection. And, you know, I try to see which part of myself has been threatened, what part of me has been threatened, and there's no blaming of anybody. You know, what happens, what unfolds is my responsibility. And um, it's a spiritual axiom. Whenever I am disturbed, there's something wrong with me. So, you know, whether it's an interaction with my husband, 
you know, some type of conversation going on with parents, with children, with neighbors, community members, fellowship. You know, what has been threatened in me? That's what I have an opportunity here to identify quickly. Because just like my contact with my higher power can be blocked by my disease or the spiritual sludge, you know, my ability to love can be blocked if I'm being um, hung up by, you know, resentment, selfishness, fear. So, you know, done quickly, just like it describes here. Okay, you know, name it, claim it. Dump it. What is going on here? Let's discover what is going on. Where is my attitude off? You know, where am I being selfish and self-centered? Where am I resistant to a new attitude? You know, what am I resistant to? Because anytime I'm feeling resentful, fear, uh, selfishness, it's the resistance to someone else's attitude or idea. Generally, you know, uh, could be my husband, could be my kids, uh, others. You know, so where am I being resistant and why am I being resistant? And it's such an advantage of recovery that we can live better than other people because we're being forced to find a principled way to live. I have to do this. It's either pain of discipline or pain of regret. There's no, I'm cornered. You know what I mean? So, and what a beautiful thing there is because I have an opportunity to live better than most people because of this pressure uh, to live this principled way of life. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much. Thank you, Leah. Sally A., you're up. Thank you. Thank you, Katie, and good morning. A vision for you at Sally A. in South Jersey. And um, so I was thinking about this also, this, uh, this, this word that's being thrown in our face over and over and over at the beginning of step 10, we see continue, 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 continue. And so I thought about that. What are we really continuing? Of course, we're continuing this process. And I want to tell you that to me, the heart of the process comes in the form of developing the relationship with our higher power. That's what really we're doing. I see people go back to the food after months of being recovered and months of, of working so hard to uh, get away from the food and, and to walk through the steps. And I'm convinced that the problem is there's a comfort zone in the previous relationship with food. And the only way to break the back of that sick relationship with food is to develop, to continue, continue, continue to develop the relationship with your higher power, to continue the relationship that you're, that you're now living with clarity of mind and growing. Page 28 in the middle of the page tells us, all of us, whatever our race, creed, or color, are the children of a living creator with whom we may form a relationship upon simple and understandable terms as soon as we are willing and honest enough to try. Page 29 in the, uh, the second paragraph, each individual in the personal stories describes in his own language from his own point of view the way he established his relationship with God. They're telling us something important here. On page uh, 72, at the top of the page, the chapter that we're in, Into Action, about two lines down, we have been trying to get a new attitude, a new relationship with our creator, and to discover the obstacles 
in our past. The obstacles are character defects. The obstacles are the marbles that have been rolling around. That's the step four. And finally, I want to take you to the page we read every single time we're together. Page 164, it gives us a, a shortened version of step 10. It tells us, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. Because if you haven't become recovered, you don't have anything to give anybody. It's time to get well at this point. See to it that your relationship, there it is again, the crux of the matter. This is what we're continuing to do. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. And here it is in a nutshell. Abandon yourself to God, step one, two, and three. Understand um, as you understand God, admit your faults to him, step four, and to your fellows, step five, clear away the wreckage of your past, step seven, eight, nine, and give freely of what you find and join us. And so we see here, what are we continuing? We're continuing to grow our relationship with a higher power, and we're walking away from the sick relationship with food. Thanks for letting me share with that I pass. Thank you so much, Sally. Um, we have time for two or three more shares. If, if, uh, Larry? Larry? I'd like to share. Who was that after Larry? Um, I'd like Matt to M? I'm sorry, I can't hear what your name is. Uh, my name's Karen. Oh, Karen. Okay. Okay, yeah, so let's I'm, go with uh, Larry K. will be first and then Karen. Oh, thank you. Uh-huh. Hey, Katie. Th- thanks a lot. Um, Larry K. Recovered, Postal Breeder, Chicago. Thank you for your service. The, uh, you know, what it used to feel like for me every day that I would wake up, e- even when I came into the program, it was like a, a battle with food because, you know, when the obsession is still alive and well, I mean, the allergy, we all still have the allergy. Whether you call yourself recovered, whether you are recovered, whether you're not recovered, we have the allergy if you're a compulsive breeder. But, you know, it's that it's that, that troubling second aspect, that obsession of the mind that's far more insidious. And, and what it used to feel like, and I'll draw this back to what we read today, is it used to feel like, you know, I had to do battle with food. I was obsessed with it all day long, even if it was, you know, a food plan that I wanted to follow. And you see, it doesn't feel like that anymore. I don't think about it all day long. I'm not consumed by it. I consumed it, and I was consumed by it all day long. It felt like a diet. You know how diet feels? We've all been on diets. That doesn't feel very good. It, it feels like more control, and it doesn't feel like that you know, for me anymore today. And steps 10, 11, and 12 are not difficult for me today to live in those steps. It's natural, and it's not drudgery. It's peaceful and serene. And I want to share that because because I remember what it was like when it was drudgery, sludging, and, and obsession, and worry, and fear, and today the day that I'm going to pick up, or, you know, I'm either on my way up or on my way down. I'm just going to place a homeostasis of balance by the grace of God. Because I didn't remove my obsession of the mind. I did not remove it. 
And I didn't get that. I thought we did the action so that we could remove the obsession of mind. And no, we did the action so that God, the God of our understanding, will have the grace to remove that obsession of the mind. That is what happened to me. I don't know what happened to anybody else, but that's what happened to me. I suspect there's a couple other people, probably many, many more, that that happened to as well. So I'm not obsessed by it. And so I could go on and live my life today in peace and comfort and harmony in but with, you know, life happening on, happening on life's terms. So, yes, I need a tool. I need a tool to, you know, because someone's going to step on my toes. Calamity is either in your life today or guess what? It's on its way. But so, too, is the ability to transcend that. I can only transcend that because God has lifted me out of this quicksand. I had to save. I had to drag out. And once I was dragged out, of course I want to stay on that path. It's a great feeling. It's a comforting feeling. It's a pathway. It's not a feeling of, us. Oh, not another day of battle with myself. It's emotionally draining to that way. Thank God I don't have to live that way anymore as the result of working these steps. That'll pass. Thank you, Larry. And Karen, you'll be our last share this morning on this hour. Oh, thank you. Um, my name is Karen. I'm a compulsive overeater out here in um, on the coast of California. And I uh, just had a, a really bad relapse the last few days, and I realized I have not been going to meetings or um, I'm not sure or I'm not sure what the other or was. <laughs> um, but I I get in these emotional places, and I'm I, I'm not in contact at all with my emotions, and of course to cover them up, I eat and eat and eat, and it's uh, just been a rocky um, few days, and um, I'm just really grateful that we have all um, these phone meetings, because I live in such a remote area, there would be no meeting to go to, so I'm very grateful for that. Um, I had a lot of really major changes in my life, and and, um, I have been on the uh coming to OA for for quite a number of years but I tend to um go to meetings for a while and stay on my program for a while and then I I'm feeling really good and get involved in different things and slowly then slip back into uh um eating the foods that are just uh don't work for me at all <clears throat> and it's kind of an unconscious almost an unconscious thing that I just stopped paying attention. And I'm really grateful that people are there, and I appreciate any phone calls. Um, do we leave telephone numbers, or do we? I'm not sure. We'll have that opportunity in the second hour. Okay, thank you. I'm, I was really late turning in. I couldn't find my phone number. Uh, my phone numbers. It's really early out here on the coast. Um, so anyway, I thank you very much. And I pass. Okay, thank you. And I just would like to jump in for one little minute here. Um, the thing in this section, you know, we've just gone through the whole, uh, my name is Katie F. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And we've just gone through steps four through nine um, painstakingly. And we've uh, read through the promises. And, you know, you're on this, this high. And you think, oh, this is just going to be 
fantastic, and I'm never going to have another problem again. I've got this formula, and this is how it's going to work, and all I have to do is A, B, and C, and then everything will just be great. And then we get this, um, this reality that it says when needs crop up. So it's not if. It's not you didn't do it right the first time, so this may happen again. It's when. When these crop up, because that's the reality of life. As someone else has already shared, we get um, a 24-hour reprieve, and we continue to grow. And I've been absent for a long time, and I lost my weight, and I had that high of, of you know, being in a thin body, um, you know, many years ago. And, you know, guess what? I'm still in that thin body, and it doesn't feel so high anymore. And, you know, I don't – no one notices ever – ever, that I, you know, lost 70 pounds. I mean, no one knows, no one cares. You know, that's just not my reality today. And yet, um, I've got, I do have a a way of living that is constantly growing and changing um, as I continue to press into God when these crop up, when these things crop up, and I am, you know, in a pickle and in, you know, selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, or fear. I have a way of um, not living in that today and not having to throw everything away. And with that, I'll pass. And now, um, thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Deb W., please read a vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning. This is Deb W., recovered in Oklahoma. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Get free of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.